Hi, everybody. This is Jonas Bordeaux, CEO and co-founder of Dwellsy, and we're here with another episode of Rent Matters. Really excited to talk to Elena today. Elena, welcome. Thank you so much. Excited to be here. It's great to have you on. You know, I'm excited to hear the stories. Um, you mentioned you have some pretty crazy stories. I know nothing about them. So where should we start? Honestly, we should really just start at the very beginning, as classic as that is. That's a great place to start. Yeah. Okay. So here's my story. So I am located in Denver, Colorado. And my boyfriend and I were living in an apartment, a rental apartment, and we needed to move to a house because we rescued a dog off the side of the road and she was an ex-farm dog and needed a yard and basically was just looking for a home that had a yard so she could run around. Those were really our requirements. That was about it. So then we start looking on, you know, all these different rental programs online, trying to find private uh, landlords, companies, um, what have you. And basically the market here was extremely volatile, uh, especially during summer, because you're not only competing with, you know, people trying to avoid moving out in winter, but also college students moving in to, you know, homes in the Denver area and the subsidiaries areas around. So essentially we're looking, we tour, I think, 50 homes. And truly, I mean, we would be submitting applications, paying application fees, and every time it would be, oh, sorry, um, somebody decided to pay for the entire rental property all 24 months up front. So we're not renting to you. So, oh, um, man, that is brutal. Yeah. I mean, how do you compete with that? I don't know. But uh, then we, um, my boyfriend, so then my boyfriend was on a motorcycle trip cross country. So it was really just me looking for homes in that last month before we had moved. And I found one, I sent it to him. I said, I'm going to go tour this. Like, hopefully this is the last one we look at. He was like, just do it. I trust you. Like, if you like it, go for it. And I was like, okay, sounds good. So I go to tour it. The listing says it's, you know, two floors, three bedrooms, two baths. It has a yard. It has AC. It has all these amazing things. Location was great. Proximity to my work. Um, I go to tour it and it's fine. You know, it's nothing crazy. And the glass door on the, like to the back of the house, as I walk through the front door, which it was, you know, a open house because the market was so volatile. The glass door was shattered and they were cleaning it up. And everybody was like, oh, you know, what happened? And at the time, there was a crazy storm happening. So the leasing officer, I'm just going to call her Alice, said, oh, well, you know, the storm broke the glass. Um, it was crazy windy. And, you know, I was caught up with the excitement of it being a bigger house than I anticipated and that bigger yard than I anticipated that I didn't think twice. I ran through the house. It looked all good to me. I asked Alice if. The house had air conditioning. She said, yes, it has central air conditioning. And be careful because you shouldn't assume that there is air conditioning because sometimes there's just a thermostat. And I was like, great point. Thank you for pointing that out. So we signed for the house that evening and we moved in two weeks later. But in those two weeks, uh, we would go ahead and bring items over to the house. You know, just things that we didn't need from the apartment, trying to make our moving day less hectic. Um, so the day after we sign, they ask us if they can keep all the windows boarded 
And, you know, that's fine. No problem. Didn't think twice about that either. Thought about a vacant house, you know, outside the city. No problem. We go in about a day or two after we sign to start putting things away. And I noticed there's trash just all over the house that wasn't there during the tour. And I mean, like, empty food items, like boxes of just trash in every closet all over the house. And the trash bin outside had people's clothes in it, just things that were not there truly two days before and looked like a completely different place. So I asked, you know, hey, are you guys going to remove the trash? The trash bin looks like a car ran over it. It's not usable. And they said, yeah, no problem. We'll take care of the trash. That never happened. But more pressing matters kind of came up that distracted us from that happening. So. We went to the backyard, kind of scope out the area, see if we were going to buy furniture, put up hammocks, things like that. And there was a note in the backyard of the house that said, do not move my shit. I'm recording you. Love the squatter. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that was probably the first red flag when I knew something was very, very wrong. Wow. Um. So I sent it to Alice saying, hey, there's this note in the backyard. Also, I'm noticing the fence is broken in, you know, five different places. Like somebody or any animal could easily just get in here. Can you guys fix this before we move in? Sure, no problem. Didn't address the note. Just said they'll fix the fence. Okay, fine. Whatever. I was very scared. <laughs> and so the guy comes to fix the fence three times. Um, then we move in. And I go to check, you know, the fence, the fence is fixed. That's great. And then there is a note on the outside of the fence in the same handwriting, in the same like pen color, notepad, whatever you want to call it. And it said, Hey, Ryan, they kicked us out. Call me and I had a cell phone number. So then I started freaking out because I'm like, is there somebody living in the basement? Is this just a squatter? Is this a evicted tenant? Like, what's going on? I sent it to her, sent it to Alice, asking, you know, what's going on? No answer for three days. Wow. <laughs> and didn't address the note either. Wow. So the property manager is just completely unresponsive, like won't talk about this at all. Completely unresponsive, didn't address it at all. And... um then we officially move in. You know, we have the U-Haul. We have all our stuff. We're truly like moving in. My sister is coming to stay with us um, the day after because she's going to college in the area and her apartment's not ready. And we can't figure out how to turn on the AC. And mind you, this is Denver. Like during summer, a lot of people don't think it gets hot, but there's heat waves. It's like a desert. It was 101 for two weeks. And we moved in right in the middle of that. So. It was hot. I mean, we were sweating profusely. It was truly a terrible experience. But, you know, a lot of homes in Denver, because they're older, they don't have air conditioning. And I knew that. And I was told that this house had air conditioning. So that's why I was a little peeved. I'd be peeved too. Yeah, I was peeved. That's a delight way to say it. Um, And then... I texted Alice, hey, how do we turn on the AC? We can't figure out. It's not working. She says, okay, I'll go ahead and send somebody over there. Um, the earliest we can get there is in five days. Five days. We're like, okay. That's a long time. Five days of 101. 
AC. So obviously we go and look up laws surrounding this. And because Denver historically, you know, has been getting hotter over the years, the legislature basically doesn't have ruling on air conditioning. It only has ruling on heating because of the cold. So there's nothing like legal proceedings that we could do. So we just had to wait. Finally, somebody came. They looked at us crazily because they said, there's no HVAC. What are you talking about? There's no HVAC at all. No heating, air conditioning, nothing. There's no HVAC at all. There's nothing there. Wow. <laughs> I can laugh about it now, but wow. It was um, it was jarring because we assumed it was in the crawl space or the basement or somewhere. And I guess that's partly on myself for not looking for that. But also, I mean, you can't tell somebody there's central air conditioning <laughs> and there's not. I'm going to catch you a break on that, Elena. I think it's uh, you should be able to assume that if they tell you there's AC, there's AC, and there should be heat in Denver. That's for sure. Yeah, exactly. So there's no AC at all. Um, we let Alice know. She said, that's weird because the owners of the home say that there is one. And I said, okay, well, the guy you sent over to check said there's no HVAC, so I don't know what to tell you. So you need to come over here so we can talk about this because we've been living here for five days in 101 degree weather with a promised central air conditioning system and there's no HVAC at all. Yeah. So instead of coming over, she sends somebody to do like an AC estimate to like install it. Doesn't address that they told us there was AC and there wasn't. Doesn't talk about any of that. Just says we're going to send somebody over to install it and get a quote. The quote is like $10,000 something. I don't know. Truthfully, I'm not an AC professional. So that's definitely an estimate. They call Alice, let her know. And then she basically says, okay, well, the homeowners don't want to invest in an AC because they're scrapping this house in two years to sell it to a development company. We were like, okay, would have loved to know that before. So basically, you're not going to fix anything because you are just, this is a hole. And they were like, yeah, we're not planning on fixing anything unless it's an emergency. I asked if this qualified as an emergency. They said no. Okay. Then they sent somebody out to install like a window unit. But it was complicated because our windows were old, like it was an old house, and they slid side to side instead of up and down. So that was fine. They had to put like a plank in. But before they did any of that or installed it, they basically dropped them off and told us, that it was our responsibility to install them. Okay, so serious about service? Yeah, ouch. Yeah, I was like, okay, no, I don't know how. I've never done this. You are the professional. You are contracted by this property managed company. Why don't you install it? And he said, well, Alice told me you were installing it, and he left. So obviously we called Alice, said, hey, what the heck is going on? Like, she said, no, I never said that. Lots of he said, she said, and... Long story short, the next day he came and installed it. But then, finally, we're like, okay, I guess we need to, you know, move in. We've kind of just been waiting through all this stuff because it's been so hot. And we're moving in, and I'm putting things away in my bathroom, you know, like blow dryers, makeup, toothbrushes. And I open the bottom cabinet of the bathroom to put my, like, hair products away in. And I smell something horrible. Like the worst smell I've ever smelled. And I look in there and there is a t-shirt covered in poop in the bathroom. Oh. Yeah. Oh. 
So that was, I think, the final straw for sure. That that really set me over the edge. Basically, we told Alex we need to talk to the property management owner like right now. This is disgusting. This is unacceptable. The fact that you told us this house was professionally cleaned and it clearly wasn't. There's a shirt covered in poop. Um, talk to the guy. He's like, whatever we can do to make you guys feel well, like feel safe. We're like, no, we're moving out. We found human poop in the bathroom that was not ours, obviously. We need to get out. Thankfully, they let us out. So we lived there for a total of two weeks. And on the day that we moved out, we had our neighbors telling us, hey, do you guys have security on this home? Because we've seen people looking in your windows at night. So I could not have been more excited to get out. The day after he let us know that we could move out and we wouldn't like suffer any penalties, we would get our deposits back. Of course, not our rent, but you know, I guess you win some and you lose some, but we were able to move out. We found truly a miracle house the day after. We were the first couple to look at it. The couple who owned the house chose us. It's like private landlords and it has two yards of garden. It's, I couldn't be happier. So I can only look at this horrific <laughs> as a godsend because I mean, I'm in the most beautiful house now. It's within our budget. It's close to my work. It's everything we wanted. And we wouldn't have found it if we had to move in when we did because it wasn't available. But that's the story. <laughs> oh my goodness. I wanna I well clearly karma owed you a good turn after that experience and, and you got it in your next place. I, I have so many questions. Did you ever find the squatters or meet the squatters or like see them? No, but my my theory is that the people looking in our windows at night, we lived next to a train, not next to, but walking distance to one of the train stations for Denver. And I'm assuming maybe people got off the train, they're looking for a vacant home to like crash into the night and looking in our windows, but it was just constant. I mean, we would have loved to keep the windows open at night, but it was terrifying because of those notes. Um, and we had no security and the house was um like right on the road. So it's not like people had to walk up to the house and we could see them before they, you know, quote unquote, broke in the window. And also when the maintenance guys came to finally put in those window units, they were laughing to us and recounting how many times they had replaced the windows before us moving in because people would shatter them and go into the house and try and camp out there. So much stuff we didn't know before. That is so scary. But everybody, you know, you, your friends, your family, everybody was fine, I'm assuming? Yeah, everybody was fine, thankfully. We had scary experiences with people, like, watching us go into our houses, trying to break into our cars. But other than that, thankfully, like, nobody broke into the house. So thankful for that. Truly, um, my boyfriend and I slept with, like, an axe and a machine on our nightstand. We were so scared because the windows were single pane. There was no screen or anything. And I mean, they were really cheap, for lack of a better word. You could knock on them and they would crack. And the back door that I mentioned was not broken from the wind. It was kicked in. And we learned that because the maintenance guy also told us that because 
he replaced the door while we were living there saying, oh yeah, I remember replacing this because somebody kicked it in trying to break in. Truly a journey. You know, uh, uh, Elena, I've, I've heard stories about squatters, you know, kind of settling into a home for a while, taking ownership of it, if you will, and making it impossible for others to move in. But I've never heard a first person version of this. I've never yeah. actually heard a story from someone that's actually happened to This is, oh, wow. What a scary experience. I thought it was just Netflix specials, but you know. Seriously, I was going to say the same thing. It's like, you know, some bad script that, you know, makes it onto a streaming service. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I'm like, wow, no, I lived it. I literally, I mean, we looked for cameras, but I mean, if somebody's squatting, I'm assuming they're not going to be, you know, wasting their finances on cameras to record. I think it was a scare tactic, but I don't know. I never found cameras. Right, but they've got time on their hands and they're looking in the windows, and oh, which is even scarier, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, something I forgot to mention a neighbor, like, you know, that lived in the house next door, and he was like, Oh, you don't have a broken arm. And I was like, No, I, I don't. I've never broken an arm. Why do you ask? <laughs> it's such an odd question. You don't have a broken arm. Yeah. I was like, I don't have a broken arm. No. Um, why do you ask? And he said, oh, well, last night, the night before you guys moved in, there was a couple screaming, fighting in the backyard, and the woman had a her arm in a cast and a broken arm. Okay. Like, oh, okay. Good to know. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> wow. What a wild story. Well, I'm so glad that, you know, first you got out of there and got into a much better place. And, you know, congrats on finding a fabulous place after that. Thank you. I, I truly feel so lucky that it almost makes those two weeks of truly hell not as bad because things right now are going so well, especially with our new home and our new neighborhood. And it's nice to go to sleep and not worry about people looking at you while you sleep. Yes. You know, it's the little it's the little things like that, right? We should all be able to count on that. You know, being safe in our own homes. Yeah. Yeah, that's my at now, I guess that's my minimum requirement. A new minimum is established. Yeah, new minimum has been hit. I thought it was clean, but honestly, uh, who knows? Wow. Well, Elena, this has been an amazing story and an amazing conversation. Uh, again, I'm just so happy that you've landed in a great place and that it's worked out well Thank in you. the end. What, a, what an unbelievable experience to go through. You know, before we close out, any tips for others so that they could avoid the same kind of thing? Was there any... Anything that you'd pass along that, that would have been the proverbial canary in the coal mine? Oh, yeah. Number one, locate the HVAC yourself. Make sure you have a visual on it and you have a photo of it and that it's plugged in and have them confirm the year they installed it. Second, our issue was the market was so volatile and we had a limited amount of time to move in, although we were you know looking for like two months beforehand. but I'd say go with your gut, and if a situation feels too good to be true, as in the price of this house versus the size, it probably is. So it's better to be safe than sorry. Yep. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, if it's too good to be true, it is almost certainly too good to be true. Absolutely. Um, and good tip on locating the HVAC. Sometimes it can be hard to find, but, you know, you can't take anybody's word. Yeah, trust me, the house I live in now, it was the first thing I asked. I had her press the buttons to make sure it worked. I felt the air come out of the vent, 
And I was like, okay, trust restored. Trust restored. Well, you know, it's funny. I once lived in a rental that had a thermostat that wasn't connected to anything on the wall. So I have, I have some sympathy with that story. You know, that one piece. Oh, my goodness. Some of the other things. What a story. <laughs> Elena, thank you again so much for coming on the pod. Uh, this has been Rent Matters. This is Jonas Bordeaux, uh, CEO and co-founder of Dwellsy. Thanks so much for listening today. Have a great day. This has been Jonas Bordeaux from Dwellsy with Rent Matters. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you to Lena Stevens for production and editing and Gloria Tells for the music. Please be sure to subscribe and leave a review so other renters can find us. Lastly, but most importantly, please be sure to email rentmatters at dwellsy.com if you're interested in being our next guest. Happy renting!